Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters, May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hello and welcome to Made by Mamas the podcast. I'm Zoe and I'm Georgia and we're here talking all things parenthood. You know, the real conversations, tips and tricks, products we love and brands we can't live without. Let's get into it. Hello. Hello. How are you? That was like a hello. Hello. And I'm just here like, oh, hi, how are you? I'm I'm pretty zingy today. I'm buzzy. No, no, I can't tell. I can definitely (laughs) couldn't tell that from that intro at all. (laughs) I'm happy, George. Are you happy? I'm happy. I am. I went out for a run at 6.30 a.m. this morning. Oh, go away. I arrived home before anyone in the house was awake. How long did you run for? Two and a half minutes? (laughs) (laughs) No, I didn't. I did 40 minutes, thank you. Um, And yeah, I mean, so yeah, just good good start to the day. But why are you so zingy? Firstly, well done. Like, great. I'm going to give you a high five. But are you, how are you getting your children to sleep until 7.15? I don't know, but let's not jinx it. I don't want to talk about it. But do they go to bed late? What time do they go to bed? No, they go to bed at like seven. (sighs) Who else thinks this is incredibly unfair? Sorry, I know you shouldn't mention these things. And even now I've mentioned it, it's not going to happen tomorrow. So, you know, anyone who's no, wishing it, for you. I'll be up at five tomorrow. Just like, I literally will, won't I? Because I've put yeah, it out to the sleep unit, like the sleep gods. Sleep too. gods, yeah, yeah. But h- how are you and why are you so zingy? Oh God, well, oh God, I've got to, I've got to share a story that happened across the weekend because I am, I'm trying, I'm sort of smiling through the agony of what I went through on Saturday night because I've never felt more embarrassed <laughs> or grossed out by anything in my whole parenting life. So basically, Dozer and I, oh, we have a really lovely Saturday, Saturday night, and then we think, right, let's have a little bit of Saturday night delight. <laughs> Is that oh what we're God. calling it? I know. I'm sorry. It. I don't. I don't know. We thought we'd have a quick shag. Anyway, so we are in the bedroom in a compromising position, and we normally so like the kids sort of know that if the door's shut, that you know the older ones at least they know to knock, but obviously doesn't know that yet. So the door's shut and the telly is on, which is weird for us because we normally turn the telly off. But anyway, we left it on. So anyway, we're going. We're going at oh. it. Oh God. And I am sort of, I need to tell you the position because... You of- told me the position in like <laughs> like very graphic detail and I feel like I'm scarred. So, oh God. so like on the floor, but like... Oh, God. I'm sorry. <laughs> but you need to know because I couldn't see the door. So I'm basically like kneeling on the floor, but like bending over the bed and then Doz is behind me with like kneeling on one knee and then the other knees at 90 degree angle. Anyway, fully, fully going for it. Like you know, everything's happening. And then before I knew it, 
Kit is standing right next to me, as in right there, like a fucking, I just don't know how we didn't hear the door go. And he went, mommy, what's daddy doing to you? <laughs> oh, fucking God. God. Oh, God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, I jumped God. up so quickly. Hurt Dozer in the process. He was like, ah. And I was like, ah, oh, God. And he was like, why are you too nudie Rudy? And I was like, daddy is stretching me out. And he was like, what's wrong with you? And I was like, I've hurt my back. Anyway, I ushered him back to bed. He was in tears. It was, I felt like I traumatized the poor little fucker. And then he kept waking up every 10 minutes, like crying out going, I feel sad. And I was like, this is the time in his life where he's going to need therapy for the next 40 years. Yeah. I'm sorry. I would love to reassure you. But that is true. That's true. <laughs> I'm joking. I'm sure it's not. The worst I'm part sure of it was, it's not. was that I then had to come in and finish it. Oh, finish shut the up. job. How? No, How? You've met my husband, right? He's literally like, he thought it was hysterical. I was like shaking throughout the whole thing, just going, just hurry up. Just finish oh, off because I'm not enjoying this now. God. God. I mean, that, that I, I, I just don't think I'd ever be able to have sex ever again in my entire life. I'm not sure if I can. That either. happened. Because that's scary. But no. I mean, hang on. But th- you did, you have managed to convince Kit that it didn't happen, haven't you? So that yeah, is yeah, the, yeah, that's yeah. the good part of this story is that Kit doesn't think it happens. He thought he dream- he thinks he dreamt it. He kept saying to me all day Sunday, how's your back, mummy? Did you want me to stretch you out? And I was like, no, no, no. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> oh, gosh. This oh, episode God. gets weirder and weirder. And weirder In and fact, weirder. Actually, I think we probably should put a little warning at the beginning of this podcast. Don't listen to this podcast <laughs> if you've got kids around. I don't think you do, but definitely don't today. Like, definitely not. Ne- not. In fact, don't listen to this episode with anybody. I wouldn't want to listen yeah. to this with anyone. I'd be anyone. dying. Ask anyone at all. No one. Go and sit on your own. It leads us on quite nicely because we are having a conversation today around sex (laughs) we are we've got a sex educator on the podcast who if she was here for this chat she'd be saying don't laugh this is just a natural thing that two people in love do so i don't feel that bad about it actually it would have been good if this had happened like before we spoke to her wouldn't it because she probably would have made you feel better and actually the conversation like giggling at the beginning of this episode aren't we and like laughing and that is our natural way of tackling these things but actually this episode it isn't like giggles and silliness and anything like that it's actually quite serious like it yeah that she you know this is her job it's her profession she's studied she's studied sex for years she's been all over the world like you know taking part in different workshops and all that kind of stuff not in a seedy way in a like educational way and yeah. like an explorative way like it's a really different like way to hear about sex and talk about sex than we you know we have on this podcast or actually I've heard anyone before. Yeah, and also how many times have we got to the end of the day? I saw something on Instagram the other day um and it was a funny video of uh, you know a, a wife you know speaking to her partner going later on I can't wait I'm going to do this to you. Tonight's yeah, our yeah, night it's going to be amazing. And then you get to the end of the day and you go 
get off me don't touch me but if you know if that is happening continuously you feel like you've lost the fire between the two of you we all need some help in that area and don't freak out because if it's gone it will come back it ebbs and flows you know there are moments where you don't want to touch a partner and there are others where you know it's there and it's alive again so this is a conversation for everybody at whatever part of your sexual journey with your partner you're at whichever part of the relationship you're at with them um you know postpartum then you know get your ears around this because it's a really amazing conversation let's get into it georgia who are we talking to today we are chatting to the absolutely incredible jenny Keane. Well, I wish that you could see my face right now because there are certain podcast episodes that you wait and wait for because you know they are going to be absolutely bloody wonderful. And today's episode is 100% one of those. Um, uh, Today's guest, a sex educator who runs the Orgasm Online, uh, which is a massively popular workshop. Uh, About 120,000 people on Instagram alone, I think. Um, She is a, uh, well, she's tantric yoga expert. She is a holistic sex educator. Please let's welcome Jenny Keane to the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I know Zoe's gonna love this chat. But for how are you? How are you today, Jenny? I mean, I don't know what I expected. I didn't know if I'd expect you to be like sitting on like some black satin sheets or something for this episode. <laughs> <laughs> but you're wearing a beautiful oversized knit, so that is right up my street. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I'm like tracksuit bottoms and oversized jumpers. That's me. <laughs> and how are you feeling? Because you're you're due in March. So we're not that long yeah. away, are we? Yeah, I'm 31 weeks pregnant right now. So, um, I but I feel great. I feel really fantastic. I'm, I'm. I actually feel like I want to slow down the pregnancy at the moment because I'm just really enjoying being pregnant. <laughs> it's actually so nice to hear. Oh yeah, it's it's. I feel really good right now. I mean, I have I've had ups and downs throughout the pregnancy. So, um, but like I. The last couple of weeks and like in this moment in time, I've just, I feel so comfortable in my body and it's really exciting to feel all the kicks and, you know, it's nice to, to just be in my body. (laughs) Yeah. And you, you do feel really present, don't you? There's nothing quite like getting a kick in the stomach from a baby that you're growing to make you feel in the moment. Yeah. And it's funny because I don't know whether I, I, I am very resistant. Like if someone says I should do something or feel something, I tend to revolt and do the opposite just because so everyone keeps saying to me like oh like this is gonna fly by like wait until it's just gonna fly by and soon the baby's gonna be here and I think because of that I'm just like no I'm just gonna be I'm gonna live day to day here in this pregnancy it's like and try and you know enjoy as marinated and as much as I can you know yeah that's lovely to hear Jenny talk to us about um how you have kind of got to where you've got to because you are really transforming the way that we talk about sex think about sex discuss it amongst friends um I just think it's such an interesting kind of space that you're in you're just making such incredible moves in it so how how did you get to where you've got to today yeah it's it's, you know what it's I don't have a linear pathway into becoming a sex educator um I I basically started this I suppose officially in my early 20s when I moved from Ireland to San Francisco. So I was living in California and uh, I was a ski instructor. I was also teaching yoga and I was in these uh, women's circles essentially. And they were speaking about how to connect with your menstrual cycle. And this was really interesting to me because I'd always had a very difficult relationship with menstrual cycle. Um, I was put on the pill very young. Um, mm. 
to kind of try and attempt to regulate it, which also didn't even work. But I had an extremely irregular cycle. I'd be, you know, incapacitated when my period did come and I'd have it for at least two weeks, sometimes three weeks. And really, it was just very debilitating. There was really no education. And also there was no understanding that you could have a relationship with your menstrual cycle beyond just going on the pill and hoping for the best. So when I was uh, living in California, and I was hearing all of this and it was obviously a lot more I suppose a, 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 um, a much more holistic path I was really curious now some of the stuff that I was hearing was extremely like woo woo to me right it was like you know oh connect your menstrual cycle to the moon cycle and all that kind of stuff and I was like oh I don't know about that but like at, at the same time I was suffering so much and really didn't want to be on the pill either because I had uh, kind of really adverse side effects on the pill with regards to my mental health and um, I had like suicidal thoughts on one pill that I was put on so I, I didn't want to be on the pill if I if I could manage it so I was really I was at this point I was kind of like I will literally do anything I'll dance to the moon if I have to <laughs> so uh, I, I started then going to uh, workshops basically around learning about your menstrual cycle and then in those workshops I was like I suppose I was exposed to this extremely open community around sex and sexuality in in California because it was it's I mean if you think about California like this is like almost like 20 15 20 years ago very different to the Ireland that I grew up in where you wouldn't even really see gay or homosexual couples um, out, I suppose, like in public. Here it was very different. There was like gay bars and you, you, there was, you know, no danger around going in yeah. or out of them or anything like this. And I started to have more questions about sex that like I couldn't get answered from Google because that didn't really exist um, in, wow. in terms of the kind of education, right? And the information didn't really exist online. And in one of the workshops, I had asked uh, somebody about um, ejaculation, female ejaculation and squirting. And one of the women said, you need to go to this woman. She does weekend workshops on it. She is incredible. So I ended up in her workshop one of the weekends. And this just, I suppose, absolutely changed the way that I looked at sex, looked at my body, um, also understood that there was so much to know that I didn't know. And, and also as well, like just being in an environment where, you know, it's all women, there's this um, culture of, of being tender and gentle when it comes to how you experience your body sexually and how you inhabit your body. And I was like, God, this is so foreign to me. And I'm seeing women of all ages. And there's also a sense of like in the conversation around sex, a sense of curiosity and discovery and that it's perfectly okay to ask questions that sex education uh, isn't weird or, you know, scary or you know the environment isn't full of um perverts and pedophiles right like it's just like yeah because there is that worry right there is that fear especially when you don't receive that sex education so this workshop uh basically flipped the way that I completely um engaged with my body and the way that I viewed my sexuality and and especially like if you think like Ireland like I got no sex education whatsoever you know mm. I I mean the sex education that I did get I was in an all-girls Catholic school you know a priest came in and, and, and one of the last standing nuns in the school came in right like to talk to us about sex education so that was you know um 
where I was coming from. So this was an entirely different world. The workshop stopped being enough for me and I started entering into training. So I was really interested in trauma therapy and I never intended to be a sex educator. You know, I didn't um, have this kind of intention of, oh, this is what I'm going to do now as, as kind of my career. That happened really naturally. And I came home one year and my friends asked me what I was doing, which I, I never really spoke about, you know, in a, in a big way, because I didn't want to feel like yeah. I Why was weird. That? Yeah. <laughs> it was more, more so because I just kind of felt like people aren't going to get it, you know? So if I start telling people, first of all, you know, it's very different now, right? When we think about like even 2015, so 10 years ago, um, the conversations around sex were so different. They were so limited. You know, I couldn't say, oh, I'm studying somatic therapy because nobody knew what somatic therapy was, right? So you're trying to explain it and people are just looking at you sideways. And then you're trying to explain that you're studying sex, for example. And I suppose in Ireland in particular, like it was just kind of like, oh my God, like what does that mean? You're studying sex, you know, are you a prostitute or something like this, right? And like even for example, like my um my sister called my my I was in a a, a somatic sex um training and my sister called my mum and said and I was in a different part of the world my sister called my mum and said right I think uh, Jenny's in a sex cult and I think we need to try and we, we need to have a plan here to tr- get her out of it so they gen- they genuinely went to sex cult I find that so interesting <laughs> it's this is the conversation was so out of the ordinary for them so so bizarre to them that they thought you must have been brainwashed I always say this you know like when when you're lacking sex education, you know, and you experience sexual issues, which I will say this, it doesn't matter what age you are, doesn't matter what gender you are, you are going to experience sexual issues at some point in time in your life. More than likely, you are going to experience this at at multiple stages of your life. And it's really important to have sex education. When you have sex education, what happens is 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 that when you experience a sexual issue you actually have options and ways to approach it and the options are really important because they give you the they they allow you to choose the pathway that's correct for you right mm. and that that is choice and that choice is what empowerment feels like and when you don't have education what you have is people experiencing issues and instead of feeling empowered to approach them they feel disempowered they feel disconnect they feel like they have to disconnect from their body disconnect from their relationships even disconnect from their partners and they often feel like they're broken in some way shape or form right Mm. so i think this is why it was so popular right and also because in ireland no one was speaking about it (laughs) it's really interesting that you're talking about sex education because i i feel like that comes in so many different forms speaking for myself and my own sex education having a you know parents that were very liberal and the conversation was encouraged at home but still nobody sat me down and said right here's your g-spot this is your vulva this is x y and z this Mm. is what a climax is this is what you know I went into sex completely blind and then spent Mm. seven years faking orgasms Mm. thinking, well, what's, where is it? And what's the fuss about? Yeah, what's all the fuss about? about? Um, You know, not, not, not even thinking or knowing about sex toys or about pleasuring myself. Mm. There was this complete blind, I was blind basically. And it was at 21 that I had my first orgasms out of nowhere. I literally went, 
what the fuck was that? And the person that I was with was like, I think you just had your first orgasm. I was like, fuck, this is amazing. <laughs> but I'd been having sex for six years before that and not knowing what to do. So there is a complete lack of education, yes, but also what an understanding on what the body is capable of and what you're what you should be allowed and encouraged to do you know as women mm. it's like we mm. just lie back and think of England how many times have we heard that phrase yeah mm. yeah, yeah absolutely right yeah no I, I totally totally agree though and I think like what so in an ideal world what would you say should like how, how should we be educating like I'm not saying young kids I'm saying you know when we're teenagers like how how should we be educating them? Because I had all of the tools, like in terms of like contraception. Both my mum and my nan worked in sexual health clinics, so I understood. <laughs> Imagine how awkward oh, that was. I know, I know. And my mum and nan were the people you went to, like you know, for, like a friend was going to have sex with her boyfriend. She'd come to my mum, you know, tell my mum. My mum would get her on the That's pill, great. and like so, all of that side, totally fine. But exactly the same as though I had no idea about orgasms. I don't even think, like, I don't know how old I was. Probably when. Before I had sex, I knew about ejaculation, but that wasn't even a topic. Like no one really spoke mm. about that. Boys would joke mm. about it, but you wouldn't really un- like get it. What? Well, yeah, in an ideal world, what should we be teaching our you know teenagers? I mean, well, sex education though is supposed to start at quite a young age, and you know this is known through um, the research uh, that has come out over the last couple of years. That you know, and and again, when we talk about sex education, it's like sex education like is at different levels for different age groups right so they say like uh to start talking to your kids about their body parts right and their anatomy like even from the age of three and four this is really important when it comes to you know uh, first of all them understanding the correct language for their body parts and so oftentimes you'll see you know people might say like oh your pp or the peanut yeah um instead of saying like that's your penis and for for you know young girls like when they're like oh what's that mommy it's like oh that's mommy's private parts right like Mm. instead of saying like oh this is this is the vulva right um and it's not that you're sitting down and then saying and this is what happens right like it's like and going into sex with a three-year-old you're just giving them the names of their body parts it's been proven in uh in all in many different research papers that this is not just um i suppose important but it's also incredibly protective as well for young kids to be able to call the correct names for their body parts and know that there is no secrecy right when it comes to speaking about your private parts right um and that's for for many different reasons and also as well then teaching children at that age like that they have body autonomy as well so one of the things one of the really big things that becomes a problem in our adult life is our relationship to the word no right and we know that there's like a huge conversation around consent happening for the last couple of years which is amazing kind of in the kind of wider public sphere but if you think back to when you were a kid like I, I even see it with like my friends kids and this and you know it's like oh go and give Jenny a hug and maybe the baby like who hasn't even can't even get hasn't even got language yet right can't even say the word no turns their whole body away and kind of hides mm. right into 
into their mum. And what what generally happens is, as we say, oh, go on, give Jenny a hug. And there's like this kind of pushing, you know, your toddler towards me, right? And um, if they do say no, then potentially, like maybe they're a little bit older and they do say no, like, no, you know, and there's kind of real, you know, kind of feistiness attached to it. Then you might get, oh, don't be like that, you know, don't say no like that. Or they might say, um, oh, Jenny's going to be sad if you don't give her a hug. Yeah. So first of all, like what you're teaching them is that their no isn't important, right? And that actually adults are can override their feelings and their no's. And the, also as well, like the whole thing of, you know, oh, oh go and give them the hug. Jenny's going to be sad. That's also emotional manipulation and coercion mm. there as well yeah. happening, right? And so we don't do this because we're mean or we're trying to do this, but this is just generally what's accepted in society. And also because we have never had this education we don't know this right so then we kind of wonder why as teenagers or into our early 20s we we don't know how to say no or we feel fearful around saying no or we just feel like oh you know what it's easier to go along with it Mm. these patterns are set from a very young age right and then you know as as you progress in terms of 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 um in, in terms of your uh, uh, development and, and kids' development, so into you know preteens and teens, you're starting to teach them um, different things. Like empathy is a really big thing for uh, kids to understand. The problem is, is that a lot of us are adults now who never received any of that education, and so yeah. we're having to go back and kind of deconstruct everything that we did learn the sectional Mm. scripts that we took on that definitely don't serve us or support us and having a relationship with our sexuality and having to I suppose rebuild right on top of that um structure so my my field is more so teaching adults based sex education uh because I think you know as I said like we were all adults we were all kids once who never got the sex education we deserved and so we're carrying all the stuff with us you know we'll be right back after this short break 
especially mm-hmm. when kids come along, because obviously we're a parenting podcast. Um, there are a lot of, uh, we want to ask you some questions today that have been sent in by our followers, but just to kind of get an, 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 an idea or an understanding from you and your expertise, like what happens when that tiny human comes along that stops a couple from being intimate? Or at least there's a there's that barrier there, right? Even, you know, before you conceive and then during the process of pregnancy and then once the the baby comes. <clears throat> and ultimately, really what it is is a lack of have a, a lack of tools. I think that people have a lack of tools when you don't have sex education, you don't understand how your body works, you don't understand simple and uh, not even simple things, it's not simple, but uh, concepts like desire, right? You yeah. don't understand the difference between desire, libido arousal right and um it becomes very difficult and when there's a lack of conversation around sex in general and I would say even a lack of I suppose high quality conversation around sex that exists around you it's very difficult to actually initiate conversations with your partner so you might be feeling like there's something wrong but actually you don't really have the language to say it mm-hmm. and maybe the language that you do use to say it when you eventually attempt it is a language that is going to cause more of a disconnection right because we're taught uh, because we're not taught how to communicate in ways that are healthy and supportive and really support intimacy and reconnecting if we have disconnected right so when it comes to them having children like we know the time that they take essentially what happens is that our priority priorities shift and and this is a really natural part of becoming a a parent and you know inviting children into your life and suddenly priorities like sleep become a really big Mm. thing right Mm. rest become a really big thing and so when it comes to intimacy and sex sometimes especially if it's you know um not I, I, I hate to say this but like if it's the type of sex that you know what's coming, right? When there's no novelty involved, when there's no kind of, um, I suppose, uh, adventure, I suppose, to it, right? Like when you know what's coming, yeah. sometimes it's easier to just be like, you know what, like, I'm going to back away from this and prioritize yeah. sleep and prioritize, right? And and there's so many reasons why you might do that. It might even be just that there's novelty, but maybe, for example, like you're not getting or experiencing pleasure during sex right and so it's really just for one person then right so it's learning how to have conversations and one of the things that I will say is as well that for you know when it comes to our bodies when we give birth you know we go through these huge changes physically we go through these huge changes hormonally and we have to kind of start to learn how to exist and inhabit a different body altogether which can take us time on an individual level to connect with again and to even be okay with right because I don't know if you I mean I haven't experienced it personally myself but I've heard from so many people who experience this where it's just like I just don't feel like me anymore Mm -hmm. right and that's the sense that you have made this massive shift uh into a a be becoming an entirely different person right um and you have to learn how to connect with that person again right and if you don't know who that person is how is your partner supposed to know who that person Mm. is right and say for example if you've had physical difficulties like whether it's during the birth or during the pregnancy and you're just not able to have sex right like whether it's um you had a traumatic birth and 
uh, or your your body is still healing. Like he, they say, you know, wait for six, wait six weeks to have sex, but really there is no time frame. Like everybody's mm. body is completely different. Maybe you didn't have any physical issues, but you actually experienced a lot of emotional um I suppose upset right or or difficulties and you're trying to navigate this right maybe it was more hormonal and you're trying to navigate this and that yeah. six week is like a ticking time bomb it's like tick yeah. tick 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 all right six weeks now go on off you go it's like pressure yeah. it's like uh, people mm-hmm. heal at different stages like you said and you know yeah. wants and needs and desires and all that stuff has to be built into it and also that sex is not just a penetrative you know wham mm-hmm. bam thank you man there are all these other facets to it that maybe yeah. are neglected because it's like oh right you know off you go now you're free to mm-hmm. go and have sex it's like mm, I don't really want I to. actually wonder no. if the six week thing sort of impacts the rest of like a couple's sexual journey after they become a parent because I think just even speaking like among friends I think so many people like the husband or the partner is waiting for that six week mark like right it's going to be this time that they're going to be back to back to themselves and it's going to be six weeks and we're going to have sex. And actually they haven't allowed, you know, the, the mum or the, you know, the, the person who birthed the baby to heal, to mentally recover. They literally just, there's no effort gone into seeing how they are or like exactly mm. like showing any empathy towards mm. them. They literally just see that six, six weeks in their diary, like, boom, here we go. And then quite often the woman is really resentful and then that is how you continue for you Mm. know for years Mm. it can be like that George Mm. Mm. well adding pressure in adding pressure into any kind of sexual relationship is probably the worst thing that can that, that can happen right because when there is pressure you know this is not a time when you feel free or open or you know willing to say yes to things it's more of this kind of, you, like even if you sense like when you feel pressure how it feels in your body there's a sense of restriction a sense of closing you know a sense of being really like oh I'm, like resisting uh like um resisting you know anything that comes along along right so learning how to take the pressure off relationships especially after a baby arrives um is is really really important and so you know some of the things that I always recommend people to do would be first of all to look at what are their motivations to having sex, right? Like what's the reason that you have sex in the first place? And so some people have sex because it's, um, I suppose, a, a, a way of relieving stress. Sometimes there people are having sex to feel close and connected and to have that sense of intimacy. Some people are having sex because they are, you know, looking for that little bit of sense of risk or adventure. Um, you know, some people want sex because they, they want to feel um, maybe like they're taking a break from being a mother, right? Or a break from being a father and feeling a little bit more just like themselves. So looking at like, what are your motivations for having sex is really important because that gives you an idea then of what it is that you're actually looking for out of the connection. And is there other ways to find that? And, you know, you said as well, like that sex isn't just about penetration. And when we look at heterosexual relationships and you ask somebody, well, what is sex to you? Most of the time people are thinking that they're talking about, you know, penis and vagina sex, right? So it's all about penetration. And even if you um, look at, the kind of theory behind this um, 
it's it's kind of almost like the way if you ask someone to describe sex, people will talk about sex in very in very I suppose um, ambiguous terms, right? So they'll tell you, say more about like the baseball analogy, right? Like getting to the bases, like this is the way sex goes. So, you know, there's maybe a little bit of kissing in the start, then there's floor four play, then there's penis and vagina sex, and then that's, it's over then, you know? And so you miss this entire, I suppose, landscape and culture that you can create, like a sexual culture that you can create within your relationship by not expanding that definition, right? So one of the things that I would always say is then learning how to expand what your definition of sex is. So when we can start to include, and this is like even just, I always find like really interesting asking questions like, you know, is kissing sex to you, right? And if that's not, then ask yourself like, is kissing with clothes off sex to you, right? So you start to become really interested in this idea of like, oh, well, if say if I was having sex with a woman and I normally have sex with a man, well then what would sex be then, you know? And then this helps you to start expanding your definition of what sex is. And when you are then in a relationship where penetration is impossible for whatever reason, and you start to include things like, well, erotic massage is sex for me, right? And then maybe you and your partner start to introduce erotic massage into your relationship. It can start to fulfill the, the kind of uh, sexual motivations that you're looking for, which help you to take the pressure off sex in the first place. Because when we feel pressure, we will naturally disconnect. And you know, if you're feeling like you don't want to have penetrative sex, then what's gonna happen is, is that when someone maybe comes to you and initiate sex, right? Like, so maybe they, they're they kissing, they want to kiss you and, and you're like, oh God, no, this is just gonna lead to sex now. And I, I'm not in the mood for it, so I don't wanna lead anybody on. So then what happens is people start avoiding intimacy altogether. So it's allowing ways to take the pressure off. Like even if you were to introduce like a thing where you know uh, maybe you're wanting more intimacy with your partner right and there isn't enough of it and you might, might just get a peck on the cheek or something yeah. as, some, as someone's leaving changing that to be right let's introduce like a snog before you leave for work right even that can be a really small love step that. yeah it's a really small yeah. step very little pressure lasts for a couple of seconds and it can be a really small way to start to regain that sense of intimacy and connection that you're looking for in the relationship and when there's a lack of pressure uh, in those situations then sometimes then that does lead to sex it doesn't always have mm, to yeah right? but sometimes it does lead to sex in a way that's a lot more fulfilling for other people such right? a good tip say Yes, just want to say, like, you know, it's really important to learn sex skills. Any other area of life, like, it's expected that we have to learn how to do things. Mm. If I want to learn yeah. how to paint, <laughs> yeah. right, like, it's... It's actually socially acceptable to go to a painting class, right? It's, it's like socially acceptable. It's also expected, right? That I would learn, you know, the different types of painting materials and the different types of paintbrushes. And I would learn techniques and I would learn methods and ways to apply that. And I would probably find that, you know, yes, maybe I'm naturally really good at using acrylics, but I'm actually really terrible at using water paints, you know, but I actually can go to class to learn how to use watercolors better, right? 
house and I yeah. get a teacher to teach me that, you know. <laughs> For someone that's a bit sort of um, maybe, you know, in, interested in, in learning those techniques and getting a bit of guidance around that, you've mentioned the two minute snog, but there's obviously certain things that, you know, we can bring into our sexual relationship. Can we talk about sex toys and mm. can we talk about vulva yeah. gazing and can we talk about um, sex talk because like dirty talk? Because I think those things, you know, they, they're, they're quite, I mean, for me, they're sort of non-negotiables. I feel like everybody needs to have a little bit of one of those in their lives because like you said, it's not necessarily penetrative sex that certain people can't do or don't want to do, but actually it's quite fun and can be quite playful. Mm. Yeah. And I think it's really important to learn how to, you know, put, I always say like learn how to put sexual creativity back at the center of your sex lives again, because this is where you're going to, you know, be more willing and I suppose more open to like stepping into things and in order to put sexual creativity at the center of your sex lives you have to do a couple of things first the first thing is that you have to learn how to take away sexual perfection right the idea that like if you're going to give someone for a blowjob for example or if you're going to dirty talk right for the first time with someone that you're going to get it right the very first time you do it it's a given when you're learning any kind of skill that you're more than likely going to make mistakes you're more than likely going to say the wrong thing it's more than likely going to become extremely messy and there's going to be embarrassment and they're probably going to laugh right but you continue to do these when you continue to practice and move towards it and when you learn to take sexual perfection off the table you understand that actually oh making mistakes is all a part of it right so you start to switch into um a more discovery and exploratory or orientated mm. mindset which is really important the other thing you need to learn how to do then is um when it becomes when you're when you're talking about sexual uh, creativity is as i said learn skills and learn a vast array of skills because not every skill is going to work for you so it's learning how to maybe taking two or three things that you learn and then applying it over time um and you know when it comes to anything like you know you're talking about sex toys there as well you know learning how to use sex toys is also a skill right when I, I sometimes I you know I'll say like you know oh you know teach people how to use sex toys and people were like what do you mean teach people how to use sex toys like you just turn them on and go for it like that's it you know and it's really interesting because when we have that reaction right to sex toys what we're actually saying is is we're we've learned how to become passive when it comes to our sex life. So we've learned how to switch the toy on. We've learned how to put it on the spot. We've learned how to lie there and feel the sensations. And eventually it brings us to orgasm, potentially, right? Maybe, maybe not. However, when you learn how to take an active role, like with your sex toy, for example, uh, you learn how to use it in more ways than just the one way, right? That you have found works over and over and over again. Oh, right. Okay. Yeah. For example, um, you know, sex toys are often uh, marketed in a very specific way to us, right? So they're marketed in a way that says, um, this is for women and women's bodies. And this is a, um, a G-spot vibrator. So it's for internal use only and there you go right and what what happens is is that when you are marketed to like that you only think there's one way to use that toy for example when you learn how to again add sexual creativity into using sex toys you can take um the you can take a, a clitoral 
vibrator, like a finger vibrator that's for your clitoris. And it says like, you know, this is, you know, to bring you to orgasm, a clitoral orgasm. And you can learn how to use that, like say, like to tickle your neck and to start like um, uh, activating the erogenous zones. You can use it, say, when you're kissing your partner to then put it to the back of their neck and then start to have different or fuller sensations or even more sensations and kind of elevate that experience of kissing um, even more. You also as well can use that vibrate, that the, the finger vibrator, for example, it, when you are in different kinds of sexual positions. Um, when you're experiencing anal sex, we know the clitoral stimulation is really important. So you could be experiencing anal sex, but also be using the clitoral vibrator for um, kind of activating the clitoris and that is linked to the mm. pudendal nerve. So it's going to um, heighten your, enhance your ability to relax and heighten the sensations that you feel. Um, for example, you could take a, a wand, you know, like the really big clitoral wands, the mm. big massagers. Yeah. You could take one of them. You could massage your entire body to start to awaken um, your erogenous zones. You can also be giving a blowjob, stick it under your chin or else the back of your head. When we think about how do you fuel your relationship, I, I would break it down into three different things. And I would always, I'd get people to ask these three questions. And I would always say as well, like if you, if you, take these questions and write them down and you um, write the answers out. And maybe your partner takes these questions, writes them down, and they write the answer out. It's really powerful in terms of looking at the, the ways that you can, again, add fuel to your relationship. So the question, the first questions are, is, is about, I feel connected to my body when and then you write in a list of when you feel connect to your body and these don't just have to be sexual things I feel connect to my body when I practice yoga I feel connected to my body when I go for a walk I feel connected to my body when yeah, I, I exercise with my friends yeah, yeah. or when I eat well etc then you write down the next question I feel disconnected to my body when and it's really important that you write like it, it might be like oh well that's the opposite to what I've just said but it's really important you write them down so I feel disconnected to my body when I watch too much Netflix something like this right and you can go on and um, why this is important is because arousal is a body felt sensation are we experience the sensations with regards to sex through and pleasure through our body it's a sense experience a sensory experience right which includes like all of the senses right when we are disconnected from our body we are numbing out those sensations right and that's because we might be overstimulated so it's really important to know what numbs you out what overstimulates you and when you feel disconnected really important to know what connects you again the second set of questions is i turn myself on when and then I turn myself off when. And mm -hmm. it's really important because when you write these down, make sure, and I, I got people to write these down and I was like, do you see how this is all about the other person? It's not about mm -hmm. how you turn yourself on, it's about how someone else turns you on. So you need to make sure that like, I turn myself on when I slow dance to these particular songs, right? Or when I dance to, you know, I don't know, 90s R&B, right? Something like this, right? I turn myself on when, and then you, exactly like I turn myself off when and so knowing these things and then the next set of questions is they turn me on when and you write down a list of that they turn me off when and you write down that list and this is really important um as well for you to know and to understand that just even think about right the biggest 
question that people have difficulty with is that middle part because so many of us don't actually really know what we like or what we don't like not we anymore don't actually mm, yeah, yeah we don't actually know um uh what turns us on and what turns us off so oftentimes this can be a really difficult question and that's a big highlight for yourself right because if you don't know what works for you and your body how are you expecting your partner to know what works for you and your body right you're asking them to be a mind reader or to be some kind of psychic right so um you can slowly start to like look at that over time and then over time you can build that list and make it bigger for yourself in terms of your own personal turn-ons and turn-offs but what you have at the end of this is a database of really important information you if your partner understanding and knowing that becomes really important you know i have a joke like with my partner um that uh, <laughs> one day he came home and or one day I came home and I, I'd been really busy through the month of June. I was like up to my eyes every single day and my freezer was uh, needed to be defrosted and I hadn't got a chance to do it. I came home one day and he just did it off his own back and I, I, he came in and like the ice was all over the ground and I was looking I was like Jesus Christ like I'm so turned on right now I love watching that. you defrost <laughs> this freezer right <laughs> that's amazing that's brilliant now he knows as well if he ever wants you to get you excited it's just ice cubes and <laughs> yeah and Judge you know, James if you're listening it's putting your shit in the dishwasher <laughs> yeah we we always joke that this was this was what got us pregnant amazing <laughs> yeah defrosting the the refrigerator <laughs> thank you so much for coming oh, on you. i definitely need a follow-up podcast because we had so many questions that we couldn't get through but um taken away so much so thank you and amazing job in like educating because it's Defin- just yeah. i feel like the world Fantastic. is a better place with jenny keen in it thank you oh, Real, thank, thank you so, you so much, much. Great to have thank, you. You. thank you thanks jenny <laughs> oh absolutely love jenny keen what an amazing chat yeah it was it was and like you know we giggle and all of that kind of stuff but it's serious like it's a serious subject and from the amount of people that wrote in and so many of you wrote in all saying the same thing I Mm. just hope that you know if you can take anything away from this episode that everybody feels the same at certain points like people worry about their sex life people you know want it to get better you know sometimes people can't be bothered it's all normal like it it really Mm. is and I think the fact that you're you know anyone listening who's written in just to ask a question for Jenny the fact that you care like I think that Mm. says so much about you know if you're worrying about your relationship the fact that you care enough to write in and want to make it better I think that that says it all like that literally says it all grateful for grateful for your questions today as well because we did put a couple to her so yeah um but we have got a sex Q&A coming on Friday so that's going to be great and that's just going to be between Georgia and I as well so if you have got those questions that you didn't manage to write in save them up and um and, and get them across to us um and thank you so much for listening to today's podcast Podcast. as always we'd love you to rate review subscribe and follow the podcast so you don't miss an episode and if you've got any feedback from this episode or anything you'd like to hear from us then drop us a dm on instagram we're on at made by mamas and we'll be back on friday made by mamas is an insanity podcast production and today's episode was produced by the lovely charlotte mason insanity group Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm, Hello Fresh. 
Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, y'all. Darius Rucker here. You know, a lot of people ask me, what inspires your music? And one of the big things is a strong sense of place. That's why I love my home state of South Carolina and want to share the awesome things it has to offer. From the beautiful mountains down to the sunny coast, it's got it all. Not to mention two of my personal favorites, great golf and amazing food. Come see why I love this place. Visit discoversouthcarolina.com. Discover South Carolina. 